my friend, who has a son named Timmy, was in Sunday school last week. And the teacher asked them to draw a picture of a biblical scene of one of the stories they've heard all year long. So the kids got busy drawing this picture. And the teacher was walking around looking at their pictures, just, you know, just looking at them and seeing what they were doing. And he got to Timmy and didn't recognize what Timmy was drawing at all. So, of course, curiosity got the best of this teacher and, and said, Timmy, uh, what are you drawing? Timmy said, without looking up, without, you know, he was concentrating and working feverishly on his drawing. Not looking up, he said, teacher, I am drawing God. Teacher was like, well, Timmy, no one knows what God looks like. Timmy said, without skipping a beat, they will when I get done. (laughs) Imagine this morning, if you were completely free. Absolutely, completely free this morning. What would that person look like? What would that person sound like? Imagine if you and I this morning had completely agreed this morning that we would accept all the freedom that Christ had for us this morning, right now, this moment. What would we look like? What would we think like? How would we behave? Who would that person choose to follow and obey if we were completely free? Absolutely free. Think about it. And yet that is what is promised to us this morning. And every morning. We can choose to be completely free. It is our choice. God has already made provision. We've been studying about the spiritual blessings of of what he's already imparted into us by the Holy Spirit and by the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. It's already been applied. It's already been given. It's already been appointed for us to walk in complete freeness, wholeness. Imagine what you would look like when you looked in the mirror if you were completely free this morning. See, I believe the spiritual blessings that God wants us to to walk in is really all about knowing God and knowing Him completely. Jesus, well, He walked on the face of the planet and, and He drew a picture of God for us. He said, if you've seen Me, you've seen the Father. So every scripture... Every promise points to God, points to our Father, who wants to reveal Himself continuously through us, wants us to know Him passionately, intimately, in an embedded covenant relationship with Him that makes us free. Imagine that. I think the Father is saying to us this morning, that he goes, I, I really want you to stop imagining, though. 
Because you have a habit of imagining things and not putting it into practice. Now, that's not a rebuke, okay? God doesn't, no. This is, a, this is an exhortation of love from Father God. He says, I really want you to stop. I have already told you that you're free. Will you not believe me? What else do I have to say? What else do I have to do to make you walk in freedom? And the beauty of that exhortation from Father God is that it's done with love. Because He wants us free. We talked about this a little bit Wednesday night. And I love what we're doing now. You know, we're talking about blessings and curses on Sundays and then on our Wednesday night class we're, we're digging a little bit deeper and, and, and trying to put some practical steps to it and here was one of the questions that came out of Wednesday night was you know, how much of Jesus do you really want in your life? It's a powerful question when you think about it. How much more of Jesus do you want in your life? How much more of God do you want in your life? God is asking that question of us because He wants to give us more. God is not asking the question saying, will you you get it right? No, He's saying, can you just come to me? So I can pour more of who I am into you. So I can pour more of my heart into you. So I can pour more of my Son, Jesus Christ, into you so you can be free. And then when you're free, you will accept more of my son into you and you'll be more free. And because you're free, you'll accept more of Jesus into your life and you become more... You see what happens? More of Jesus is more freedom. And so when we, when, when we are tempted to look at blessings as something to get instead of someone to know, we are missing the blessing altogether. Because the blessing is God. God is blessing. And God does bless. The Hebrew word for bless means to do this. It means to kneel. It is an attitude of worship. God blesses us so we get in an attitude of worship to Him and we thank Him for His blessings because we know who He is. Blessings are meant to drive us to the Father's heart. This is the whole idea of blessings. Blessings are meant to set us free. We should seek and enjoy the blessings of God. But the greatest blessing is just knowing who He is. He is good, good Father. That's who He is. And we are loved by Him. That's who we are. But Father, I just sense this and I'm just... I want to drive this point home this morning because I think Father would say, okay, please stop imagining what that looks like. And just be that. Be free. You're, you are free. If you have accepted Jesus Christ as, as your Lord and Messiah and King, if you have bent your knee to Him and you have decided to follow Him with everything that you have, you are His son or His daughter and you are free. You can live that way too. What will you choose to do? Will you live free 
or will you choose to remain the way you were before you accepted Jesus? And I'm not even talking about living a bad life or doing things wrong or even sinning. I'm not talking about... But there was an attitude that we carried before we met Jesus Christ. And it was an attitude of mistrust. It was an attitude of, of doubt. It was an attitude of fear. It was something that we projected onto Father God that he was not good. And Father says, no, 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 I want to wipe that clean today. I want you to know that I'm good. And when you know that I'm good, you can step into more freedom. So please stop imagining what it would be like and just be. Can we do that this morning? Can we do that? Can we make that proclamation to ourselves this morning that we will accept what the Father says? And that we would, you know, the Bible says to put away all imaginations. Now, I'm, a, I'm an artist. I have a great imagination. And I'm not talking about the kind that makes us creative. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the things that we imagine will happen to us if we do certain things. If I follow Christ in a more passionate way, what will that do to my relationships that I have? What will that do with the career choice I make? What will that do to my bank account? It affects all those things. And sometimes we imagine the worst in all those areas. And God says, can you cast down those imaginations, get them out of your thinking, and think about my blessings in the right way? See, my blessings will set you free because you'll know me. My blessings cover your health. My blessings cover the way you think. My blessings cover your relationships. My blessings even cover your finances. But it's not about the blessings. It's about me. See, we don't hold on to blessings. We hold on to God. We don't rely on blessings. We rely on God. So I just sense in this, this, this... this morning, that God is saying, man, you are right there. <laughs> Some of you are right there. And every time you get to that place where you're going to step over to a new level of freedom, you, you just kind of hesitate and you say, I don't know if I deserve freedom. And Father says, that is not your decision. It is not your decision whether or not you deserve it or not, because I've already given grace. And grace is unmerited favor. Loving kindness. We can't earn it. We can't make it. We can't manufacture it. We can't do anything about it, but God freely bestows grace on us. And that happens to be spiritual blessing, blessing number eight. So if you turn to Ephesians, it's good stuff. We already learned that uh, the past couple of weeks that the spiritual, we have already learned about the spiritual blessings of being chosen, of being holy and blameless about being loved and adopted by being accepted and being redeemed and forgiven. We talked a lot about that last week. These are very powerful blessings indeed. So we're going to start in verse 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of his trespasses, according to the richness of his grace, which he lavished upon us, in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. 
In him we have obtained of an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be to the praise of his glory. I do just want to concentrate on verse 7 and 8. So I want to hit the point of grace today. Verse 7 again. In him we have the redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses. Remember what we said about trespasses last week? That it wasn't just a misdemeanor. It wasn't just like a traffic ticket. It was actually walking away from someone on purpose. Choosing to walk away from someone on purpose. But we have forgiveness from that. We have redemption from that. According to what? According to the richness of his grace. That he lavished on us. That word means exceed, overflow, over and above. That he lavished on us with all wisdom. The word means insight and skill and understanding. And it's the kind of understanding that leads to right doing. Grace is, is God's love influence on the human heart. Grace is the holy influence on the human soul. Grace redeems the heart and the soul. It brings us into this right relationship with God. But I want to really talk about this phrase, according to the riches of His grace. Excuse me. According to the riches of His grace. Riches, that word for riches means the fullness of wealth. The fullness of wealth. But that phrase, according to, is immensely complex in the Greek. It means something that comes from above, that goes to below. It goes to to be on someone or to go through someone. It comes from above to someone below to be on them and through them. And the whole point of according to was... So you have something coming from heaven, coming down to us. And it also indicates that there is a force and a power behind it. So you have this, if you can imagine, uh, a torrent of a flood just coming down a ravine and just carrying everything that that it meets and carries it with it. It is that kind of force that it is talking about here. According to his riches of grace. According to it means it comes from above. We can't do anything about it. It's a gift from God. It comes to us and it comes through us. The best way I can try to explain this, imagine Bill Gates is with us this morning. One of the richest men on the planet. Bill Gates likes what I say so much he gives me $100. Now, I might be grateful for $100, but he gave money or riches out of out of his treasurer, not according to, out of his. If he gave me a hundred million dollars this morning, not only would I faint, but I would understand that he gave according to his riches, what he was able to give. Because according to his riches means that he gives out of the whole scope of his riches. See, to give me a hundred dollars, Bill Gates, that's not really a big deal for Bill Gates. I still take it, 
but it's not a big deal for him to do it. But according to Bill Gates' riches, that he, if he gave me $100 million, it would be because he knows that he could overwhelm my need with his supply. That's the point of this, according to. That God gives us something that totally overwhelms our need. That's the whole point. According to his riches. God is immensely wealthy. There's no limit to God's wealth. Absolutely no limit to his wealth. And I'm not just talking about money, obviously. I'm talking about a wealth of health. I'm talking about a wealth of good, healthy relationships. I'm talking about how God wants to put a torrent of grace towards us that wipes and cleans every past mistake, every past sin, every past hurt, every past moment of shame from us and cleans it completely with this torrent of grace that comes towards us. The beautiful thing about this grace is that it's gentle. It has the power of, that I just described, but it's gentle at the same time and only God could do that. Only God could have that kind of force and that kind of power that cleans everything from us, cleanses us completely by grace and leave us standing and not overwhelming us, not drowning us, not destroying us. It's a powerful, powerful image here. So to me, this says that there is no limit to God's ability or desire to provide. He gives according to his riches. He not only has the resources, he is generous with them. And he has the power to supply. In Philippians 4.19, this, this theme is repeated. It says, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. That word supply means to make complete and to take a net and cram it full of something. It's, talking, it's really talking about fishing there. It's a fishing analogy here. But, but it's like giving someone a net that is so full of fish, you can't add another fish to it. it is, it's complete. It's all that you need. I have overwhelmed your need with my grace. Can we stop imagining anymore? Can we live in this freedom that God has given us? He's given us this torrent of grace that is to overwhelm our need. To supply all of it completely, generously. Grace is awesome. Grace is, wow, grace is awesome. Awesome. The whole point of it, of the word according to being coming from above and coming upon us and going through us is that we're supposed to be the, a, a channel of grace too. That God's grace comes over us and comes through us so that here's the best way to approach God's blessings is to have our, heart, our arms open and our hands open so that we can receive and give freely. When our fists, our hands are closed in the fists, it is very hard to receive and it's very hard to give. So generosity comes from grace. And our God is generous and we need to be generous with that grace as well. This is how we change the world. When we show what grace has done for us, 
And we point to the one who had a torrent of grace towards us and wiped away every stain, wiped away every sin, and brought us to the Father's heart and love. That's the point of this. Okay. The, the Hebrews had a whole different idea of grace. But very similar. The Hebrew word for grace means to pitch a tent or to make camp. Now, the Hebrews, they'll add a word or add a letter or drop a word, uh, letter at the end of this word, hen. And depending on what letter they add or what letter they drop off, grace can also mean to uplift, to rescue, to heal. But the whole idea is it's about being in, in a camp. Now, for us, camping takes on a whole new connotation. For me, I hate camping, so it takes on a whole different level of... No, but mostly we think about when we pitch a tent, we're thinking about tents just scattered around the camping ground, you know, and there's not really an order or all that kind of stuff. But in ancient Hebrew, what they would do is they would make a circle. They would make an outer circle and they would make an inner circle. On the outer circle were the warriors. That's where their tents were. And the whole idea is that they would protect whatever else was in the middle. So to them... A circle of tents was safety, was refuge, was a position of power because of where the warriors were situated. Grace provided protection. That was the, what this word meant to them. And to them, they would ask this, where was the protection? Well, the protection was in the camp. And to be in the camp was to be in God's presence. Psalm 34, 7 says this, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. So the, the whole meaning for, for the Hebrew mindset was that grace rescues us. It surrounds us. It lifts us. That God healed them with grace. That he strengthened them with grace. That he empowered them with grace. And to them... Walking that way was walking a blessed life. So when they said, you know, grace, they knew that they were going to be, God was going to circle them in. It was going to cover them. It was going to be all around them. And so that's what grace meant to be, to be in God's presence, to be protected. That's why we need to know him. Hebrews 4.16 says this, let us draw near, approach with worship. Boldly, I love the definition of boldly here. Free and fearless confidence. Free and fearless confidence to the throne of grace that we might receive mercy, divine compassion, and find to come upon, hit upon, to meet with, to meet with grace, to help in time of need. We come to the Father because of grace. He uses grace to draw us in. Grace is what changes our heart. Grace is what covers our, 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 all our past. It cleans it all out, that torrent of grace that just wipes every, everything clean. So this morning, I'd like to take a few moments. We did this again last week, you know, we just get in some prayer pods. There might be something that uh, you just want prayer for. Maybe 
you, you want, today you want to make that decision. I want to stop imagining what it's like to be free, and I actually want to be free. See, it starts with a decision. A simple decision. I just want to be free. You might have a list of 10 or 20 things that you want to be free of, but the, really the decision is that I want to be free this morning. I just want to be free. I want to pronounce that much. I want people to pray for me, and, and I know God is going to take care of it. God's going to show me what it's like to be free. One other thing. Someone has a problem with their right wrist today. I don't know who it is, but God wants to heal it. Okay? So if you, that, if you have a problem with your right wrist, God wants to heal it. That's, that's, that's the deal. <laughs> don't imagine that it's healed. It is healed. You know. Again, I, I'm not talking about name and claim it stuff here. You know, I hope you know that because that's, that's not of God. But we can claim his promises. We can proclaim his promises over each other. Okay? And in that way, we accept all that he gives us because we know he's good. Right? Okay? Not, 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 this is not prosperity teaching. This is knowing what blessings are, knowing who they come from, and knowing that the greatest blessing is knowing God. 